Hello and welcome to Confabulation. Um, we're back with our sister's house um, today. It's me, Bethel, and John A. Um, and we just wanted to remind you all really quickly that our sister's house is a domestic violence advocacy organization. And if you or anyone you know is experiencing domestic violence, please contact our sister's house at 253-383-4275 or visit our website at oursistershouse.com. And today on Confabulation, we will be discussing the increase of domestic violence during the holiday season. Um, we know that we've been having kind of like our episodes more focused on how to deal with um, gatherings during the holiday season. So like Thanksgiving um, and then uh, all of the December, like winter holidays um, and New Year's. And these are all times where gatherings usually happen and it's not always the easiest time for victims and survivors of domestic violence. Uh, so that's part of the reason why we're really focusing on that kind of thing right now. Um, so yeah, I guess I can start off uh, with like a stat or just like a fact. Um, so the Org Voices of Hope says that the increase in victims coming forward during the holidays is due to the fact that more family members are around and witness the abuse firsthand. Okay, so to follow up on that, I wanna say um, with most gatherings during the holidays, we can expect for victims to be in a situation where they're around their families and they have to somehow play it off or downplay what's going on or what could possibly happen when they leave. So I think that the way that we can be helpful, being family and friends of people who are victims of domestic violence would be to ask those uncomfortable questions and make sure that we're being aware of the way that, um, you know, the victim might be asking when, acting when they're around, such as like if they're constantly checking their phones or if they need permission to be told permission to do something, or if um, the abuser wasn't invited and he's just popping up there before she goes with him, people should make sure that she's safe because around the holiday times, we can expect for people to be drinking more. And with that, it can increase the likelihood of abuse, whether that be verbal or physical or anything like that. So I think that the way that we can play our part in this is being completely aware of the victims and what they're currently going through and asking those uncomfortable questions. Yeah, for sure. Um, and also welcome David. Thank you for joining us. Um, so yeah, just to go off of that, um, I think I really like the idea of like checking in on somebody that you've like learned is in a DV relationship um, after whatever event you're at or gathering you're at and they like leave. Uh, just like making sure that they're um, aware of the fact that you're there if they need somebody to talk to, if they need somebody to, I guess, like kind of be like their go-to person, um, especially if I feel like a lot of times when there's like abuser in the family, 
it's like something that you want to hide. So if you at least have that one person in the gathering that like you are able to go to and like let them know what's happening. Um, also to that person, like make sure that you don't tolerate the abuse and that you say something about it. Um, but of course, make sure that the survivor or victim kind of like is okay with whatever you decide to do with the information that they tell you. Another reason why um, the holidays increase the likelihood of domestic violence, I would say, is because, um, you know, Christmas is the last, slash New Year is the last holiday that we celebrate. So it's like everybody is focused on those end of the year goals and amongst other things and trying to um, get people in their life gifts and they might not have all of the financial resources that they need to, you know, fulfill people and um, they could feel some type of way about that, which would cause a lot of stress. So I think that those stress levels um, can potentially make someone violent. Also with COVID, you know, everybody's working from home and we've just been adapting to that and like online learning and people suffer from mental and physical and emotional impacts of the pandemic. And as a result of this, it could lead to domestic violence. And like I said, you know, during these family gatherings, there's a lot of alcohol involved, which could heighten things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a study that actually found that domestic violence reports are higher than the normal daily average, specifically on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Um, and that it's like 2.7 times more incidents of DV than the normal daily average, which is quite a bit. Um, and I would have never thought that it would be New Year's Eve and New Year's Day that would kind of spark that. Um, I kind of... I don't know, when I think of those celebrations surrounding that holiday, I don't really see it as like a family kind of thing. Um, but it could be that like, just like, I, I guess it doesn't necessarily say that it's because of people being around the couple and like recognizing the abuse. It could just be, that's what's reported. Um, And sometimes um, the victims can be around things that are triggering, um, say that they have some of their worst memories around the time of the holidays or around this time they might have been going through something um, traumatic. It might just be really overwhelming for them to, you know, be around family and act like everything's normal when just a year ago around this time they might have been going through something that was really heartbreaking. Well, I think that the increase would possibly be because, um, you know, obviously what Janae was saying, you know, the stress, you know, the stress levels of just the holidays. And also maybe it's possibly a part of the, you know, New Year's resolution. So that you're trying to get rid of things or you're trying to add things to your life. And then you probably might sum up, you know, what this person has done in your life over the last year, and you might, you know, become overwhelmed with the stress or whatever, you know, those thoughts. And either, you know, you might say something to that person, and, you know, that might, you know, that is abusing you or has done all these things, and you're like, okay, 
you know, how are we going to do better or whatever the case is, or I'm leaving you, you know, I'm not dealing with this anymore. I'm not going, taking this into the new year and bada bing, bada bow, <laughs> something happens. Um, and then, yeah, it's just, you know, the stress of the holidays. I know that, you know, even for healthy relationships, it can sometimes be stressful because, you know, try to do something for someone and you know sometimes you take out your stress on your other partner just because you know you're stressed out and, and then you expect them to take it um and that's not always necessarily a good thing so so what kind of advice would you guys have for survivors that um are potentially going to be around their family members and might have to put that brave face on what would you guys say to that safety planning I would say you, you got a safety plan. Um, and what does that safety plan look like for you? Um, everybody's safety plan is, you know, gonna not going to be clean, cut and dry. And I mean, there, those are some things that you got to think about. It's not necessarily something, you know, something extravagant or something, you know, for a safety plan, but it's things that you can, you know, plan in your head or you can plan out loud, or, I mean, you, you can write those things down if it's, you know, safe to have those things written down. Or, um, you know, talk to a family member or friend or whoever you're close with, if you have someone that you're close with, because, you know, sometimes people in these situations don't have somebody that they are, maybe a mentor or something. Um, and to, you know, communicate what your safety plan is. Um, so have a safe word um, with these people or and, and let them know exactly what you want them to do when you get that safe word. Um, so that's very important. Um in those holidays to communicate those things just so, you know, when they get that safe word, they know what to do. Um, and sometimes it's just parking, you know, how do you park your car, you know, just in case you need to go away, you know, hurry up and leave or whatever that case is, or, you know, that person that you have a safe word with, you know, they call you or they come over to the place and pick you up. Um, so, definitely safety planning in those ways um, or having a backup phone or a 911 phone or something. Um, so everybody's safety plan is going to look a little bit different, um, but definitely communicate with somebody that, you know, you can trust and obviously won't give away your safety plan to whoever or whatever you're trying to get away from. Yeah. And I think a part of the safety planning could be like, if you're able to confide in somebody that will be at the event or gathering, before it happens, um, definitely do that. And if you're not able to, like we discussed this a few episodes ago, but like bringing somebody with you that understands your situation um, and like that can kind, if anything does happen, like they would be comfortable enough to kind of, I guess, like talk about other people that will be, talk about, your situation with other people at the gathering, um, if it's something that you're not comfortable talking about, um, especially if it's like, you know, if it would feel awkward or uncomfortable, maybe if you just like bring a friend, a close friend or somebody that could do that work for you, that could maybe be helpful. Um, and just like, cause like not everybody has the option of bringing the abuse to light during an event like that. Like they might feel guilty and like, might feel like it's not the right time, but sometimes, like, I mean, if you're in an abusive situation, like, any time should be the right time, just, like, you know, stand up for yourself and say something, but that can also come with um, consequences for that person, so it's kind of, like, 
it's definitely complicated, but the safety plan part is definitely something that I would agree on. I think another thing about um, not bringing it up, because say the survivor is spending their time with the abuser's side of the family, I think that in most situations, the person who is doing the abusing kind, their family might not know this side of them. So during these holidays events, they are acting as though they're just, you know, not the person that they are obviously behind closed doors. And I think that one thing, one good thing about family is that if one, I would like to believe if one were to bring up um, the possibility of them going through like a domestic violence at a family event and that other person was there, I feel like the family at that moment would get themselves involved, which could be a good thing or a bad thing. Because a good thing, because you want that support and you want to be able to like, you know, be heard and let people know that, you know, your feelings are valid and um, for them to see what you're going through and at least try to help you in some type of way. But it also could be detrimental also because at the end of the day, you have to go home with this person and you never know what bringing that up in that kind of setting could lead to as far as like everybody else's safety around and but you know putting um other people in the middle is most of the time what survivors don't try their best not to do because they're in they're they might be embarrassed or they might be afraid of what their partner could do to somebody else so i think that they think more of about you know other people besides themselves so i think that that's another thing um that plays a role in you know the holidays um, coming around. And when it comes to family or friends or, you know, somebody that does want to support or maybe, you know, first of all, I would say, you know, somebody comes with those things, believe them. That's the number one thing. And then number two is, you know, there, I, I know some people have maybe family members or friends or whatever, you know, their relationship is with this person. Sometimes it's hard because maybe you have poured into them and you've tried to help them get out of the situation and you try to communicate with them and you feel like your efforts are falling on deaf ears. It's not because um, it takes about seven times to get out of a domestic violence relationship. Um, and there's a process and a lot of times it's not as easy as, you know, one, two, three, and they're done, you know, um, just because something happens, you know, there's a, a plethora of reasons why somebody wouldn't, you know, leave because, you know, it's, leaving is the da most dangerous part. Um, and so uh, I would encourage family members first to believe, you know, and then what can you do? And, and what I would say is when it comes to what can you do is do something that you can continually doing without getting burnt out. So if it's not even that big, you know, maybe you won't be able to go all the way in, but you've got to do something that you can do continuously, you know, something that it won't be any sweat off your back and something that, you know, if they ask you right now or if they ask you a year from now that you'll still be able to do the same thing um, and not be burnt out from that. So whatever that case is, you know, do that because, um, you know, sometimes you want to go all out, you know, when the person tells you and, and you do believe them. 
but then you get burnt out after a while because you're like, oh man, they're still in this relationship a year from now. So really understanding that, you know, what can I do to, you know, that I can continuously do without being burnt out? You know, maybe you can't give them a ride all the time. Maybe it's just a bus ticket, whatever it is, you know, figure that out and communicate that with them. You know, hey, I can't, you know, do all this, but I can definitely do this with you the whole time. You know, I won't get burnt out and it won't be any sweat off my back. And I know this will be helpful to you, you know, if that's what they express to you. So I think another thing with family and friends, when it comes to knowing somebody who's going through domestic violence, one big thing that I've learned is that you have to be patient. Um, things with the victim is not going to happen as fast as you would expect it to. And that's where what David says, um, where safety planning comes in, because it's not just as simple as, oh, well, he hit you. You need to get your stuff and leave because these people, most people who are in um, relationships with their partners who are abusive, it's hard for them to leave because the abuse is like that side that's like he's he's telling me he loves me and that's why he does this because he loves me so much so I think that a good thing um being somebody on the outside would be just being a good listener and if they want if asking them if they want your advice before you give it instead of you know just saying what they should do because maybe that's not even something that's on their mind and not even what they're worried about. And another thing, I feel like, you know, um, if you want to be supportive, you don't want to be too much of like a telling them what to do type of person. You want to be more of, well, here's a suggestion. Um, if you want to go through with that, I can find ways that I can help you. If not, I'm just here to be supportive in whatever decision you make and be there for you when you're ready to make that call. I think like people might underestimate how far being present um, goes for somebody that's in a DV relationship, like everything that you both just mentioned, like that all um, boils down to somebody being present, right? And I mean, with like made for those of us who've seen it, like we even saw there how hard the main character had it because there weren't people present in her life that could support her um and like as a result she ended up having to go through even more than she probably would have if like she had family members or close friends that were like on her by her side um who were able to like support her and just like offer their energy to her um so like it doesn't really help anybody if you're protecting an abuser at the end of the day. Um, and this should be a given, but I feel like saying it out loud is really important because there are people out there who are like, oh, you're just trying to ruin their life. Oh, it's just a small mistake. Oh, it's just a misunderstanding. But no, like the moment an abuser realizes they can get away with the abuse, like that probably I can't imagine what that feeling is for them like they probably just feel so powerful and when there are people that are speaking up and when there are people that are you know bold enough to make sure that the abuser knows that people do not agree with them and that like they're the person that they're abusing has support like that might shake them up a bit who knows um and it's just like yeah I just wanted to say out loud that it's really important to be present for a victim or survivor of DV and 
to, you know, not protect abusers in general. Yeah, and I also think that, you know, oftentimes people do start isolating themselves from their family, friends and family, because oftentimes they give advice that doesn't want to be heard or, you know, they can't receive right now um, because ultimately that is their, you know, partner and whatever their relationship is with their partner, most of the times they're going to run back and tell their partner what you said. And then now that you were bashing their partner, their partner is going to be like, oh, you know, they just don't want us to be together, blah, blah, blah. And they'll start, you know, and the, you know, person is going to start isolating themselves from you. And that ultimately gives the um, abuser power. So, you know, you want to be careful about, you know, going back, um, you know, bashing them or giving them advice that, that they might not necessarily, you know, want to hear right now, because sometimes, you know, they don't want to hear it because, you know, they love that person and, you know, they're, they're bonded to that person in some way. Um, so it's important to, you know, be able to give what you can give, um, continuously without burning out. Um, cause you don't want to isolate them because when they ultimately do want to come back out or leave the relationship, um, if you're not there, it's going to make it a whole lot, you know, the recovery process for this person a whole lot longer. So, you know, got to be mindful of how, you know, you treat these situations when it comes to domestic violence. Well, does anybody else have anybody, anything that they want to add before we wrap up? I think we touched on a lot of um, good topics here. I do want to touch base on something that David said. Um, So another thing that I read, you know, about the overwhelmingness of the holidays and like despair and loneliness that a survivor might feel, um, you know, some people, it's just, it's kind of hard, you know, to celebrate, to be in a celebration type of time where you're just going through so much that it's just hard to be happy. So just seeing everybody around you have, you know, a Merry Christmas and they're in a good spirit when, you know, you're going through what you're going through can be a little hard to process. And sometimes, you know, and we should feel like being around our family and friends and like people that make us happy should make us feel like, you know, the the exact opposite. So I can see how it can be overwhelming. But, you know, we just want the survivors to know that, you know, what they're feeling is, is normal. And that, you know, there are people that care. So just reach out to your loved ones and just make sure that you guys are having those conversations during the holidays, because you never know what people might be going through when they leave your presence. Um, Yeah. And I think the last thing is just, you know, make sure if you didn't hear anything else, you know, make sure you get your takeaways are, you know, first of all, safety plan, you know, communicate with a family member or friend that you trust. Um, and then when it comes to, you know, family members that want to support, you know, make sure you believe them, number one. And number two, you know, give what you can give um, without burning out, you know, and communicate that with them. And that I think that, you know, you should be in a good place from them. All right. Well, thank you again for joining us on this week's episode of Confabulation. Um If you want to listen back to it, the live stream will be up. You can also check it out on all podcast um, platforms as well. 
Um, and I just want to remind you all that we're with our sister's house, which is a domestic violence advocacy organization. And if you or anyone you know is experiencing BV, please contact our sister's house at 253-383-4275 or visit our website at oursistershouse.com. Thank you.